Percy, here's a question. How difficult can it be when someone is operated as the facilitator of others' well-being, but then they themselves find the roles reversed and the challenge of sickness and disease comes in their life? You know, it's the irony of how quickly the tables can turn on anyone at any time, right? And and, and at a moment's notice. And how does one then manage that role reversal? Perhaps we can gain some insight by having a conversation today with our guest who's who had actually had to live through that and experience that. Yeah, he's a clinical family therapist who has counseled many through difficult times, but then found himself confronted with a difficult cancer diagnosis. The following program is produced and sponsored by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome, everyone. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae. Pastor McRae is National Director of Specialized Outreach for City of Hope, and I'm Wayne Shepherd, and I'm looking forward to this conversation and hearing from our guest here today, Percy. Yeah, indeed. What's interesting about this, and and we're starting to get more and more of these type of requests, uh, this gentleman found me as a result of listening to the show, and he he said how encouraged he had been, and et cetera, and uh, said that he had a compelling story, and he said... Mm -hmm. Would I be interested in sitting down and and recording that story and and doing an interview? And as it turned out, uh, he really did have a very compelling story. And so uh, I was grateful. And again, I want to encourage those, if you are listening, if you think that you have something that is noteworthy with regard to your journey of cancer, either as a caretaker or provider or as a patient, uh, reach out to us. And uh, Wayne will tell you how you can do that and uh, leave us comments and questions. And that's exactly how I met this gentleman. And uh, it was a delightful conversation, to say the least. I'm very glad to hear that. I think that's really healthy for listeners to reach out in that way and offer their own stories. If you'd like to uh, contact us, you use our website for that, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect, and you'll be able to type in a question or a bit of a story there. And uh, Percy will read all of those that come to the website. So check that out, healthhopeandinspiration.com. By the way, while you're there, go ahead and Look at this um, this week's featured resource, How to Face Cancer with Boldness. We'll talk more about that later, but that's available mm-hmm. there as well, How to Face Cancer with Boldness. Well, you mentioned uh, a listener contacting us. Here's someone from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Ever been to Albuquerque, Percy? I have. have I've you? been there a couple of times. I've always I wanted to go. Albuquerque. Yeah, I've never been Oh, it's been beautiful. There. Okay, my well, wife and colors, I need to get there. Yeah, the oranges and browns, it, it, the earth tones are absolutely magnificent. Yeah, you need to go. This listener says, I'm a pancreatic cancer, nine and a half year survivor. Well, that's great news in itself, isn't it? That's yeah, a it that's a particularly tough form of cancer, I've heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say, I am the founder and co-facilitator of a PC support group in Albuquerque. I speak with PC-diagnosed folks all over the country. I'm a firm believer in getting a second opinion, and I'm always looking for medical institutions that diagnose and treat a pancreatic cancer. I've been listening to Reverend McRae's podcast for over a year. Does City of Hope treat PC, pancreatic cancer, including the Whipple surgery? You'll have to explain that, Percy. Yeah, it's a great question, and the Whipple procedure is a particular type of procedure uh, and I won't go into the the details there because again, it's it's pretty clinical, but it's a, it's a a particular type of procedure that takes place, and uh, everyone does not uh, do that procedure. But to answer his question specifically, first of all, thank you for listening, thank you for reaching out. Yes, City of Hope does treat pancreatic cancer, and it does perform the Whipple procedure. 
And if you are uh, looking for, and we always encourage individuals to ask and seek a second opinion, uh, I'm going to give you a phone number to call specific to your type of cancer and specific to the procedure that you have just inquired about. And that is uh, 833-350-1284. Again, 833-350-1284. Or you can call the number that Wayne will give you throughout the show, and you can certainly ask on that end uh, to be connected uh, to someone regarding pancreatic cancer treatment and the Whipple procedure, and they'll connect you accordingly. Yeah, and I'll give that number in just a moment. As a matter of fact, we're going to hear from Dr. Steve Benson here today as our guest, but let's open with some scripture as well, Percy. So our spiritual nugget for today is John 16, verse 33, John 16, 33, and it reads as follows. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And this scripture today is going to really highlight and underscore the conversation that you're going to hear today with regard to some difficulties that uh, Dr. Benson uh, experienced uh, while being a cancer patient and working through the challenges and the tribulations and the hardships of being a cancer patient. And so today, be encouraged by this scripture as we prepare to hear this wonderful discussion. That's coming up in a moment. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope. With locations in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona, City of Hope is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about City of Hope or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling, and here's that number, 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. City of Hope uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Hey, 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 it's me, Pastor P, with another compelling conversation. I'm excited to be with you today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And as always, I try to bring to you compelling uh, conversations from individuals who have either walked the walk of cancer, who are supporting those in the walk of cancer, or who are providing care directly to cancer patients uh, from a clinical perspective. And today we have with us Dr. Steve Benson, who was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer, colorectal cancer, uh, diagnosed September 2021. He is no longer actively in treatment. He received chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery, and we're going to talk about all elements and aspects related to his clinical uh, journey today. But first, uh, I'd like to welcome to the microphone Dr. Steve Benson. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's good to have you. Also, I feel to mention that you are a licensed clinical medical health counselor as well. So you operate in the space of, of, of clinical care and helping individuals uh, in that regard. So uh, I'm sure there's a lot here to talk about and, and to unpack. But as we always start, most of my conversations, particularly from a, a cancer patient perspective, let's talk about the day you had 
uh, you heard the words that you have cancer. Where were you when you heard those words for the first time, my friend? Oh, goodness. Well, a little bit of the story is um, is I had a colonoscopy. I'm, I had 50, and I did the regular colonoscopy, and my doctor couldn't do the colonoscopy because he said I had a mass ah. in my rectum. And he said it's big. And we need to get you to a doctor ASAP. Okay. So that next Monday, I went and saw my doctor, who was my surgery doctor. And he did, he took a picture of it and he said, it is big. Uh, we need to get an MRI, a CT scan ASAP. And I did those within like four days. Okay. And I saw him the next week. And the next week he said... It's about 10 centimeters, which is four inches, yeah. which is big in the rectum. Yep. It's in the rectum wall. It's stage three, bordering on stage four, because uh, it's right in between there. And he said, it's going to be a marathon. And that's the first time I heard the word cancer. Okay. It was and from him in the doctor's office. How did you feel when you heard those words, Doc? What was your immediate uh, initial reaction mentally and emotionally when you heard that? When I heard it, I went, I knew it. Um, mm, interesting. And, and let me give you the backstory on that of how, and, and I had a lot of tears right when I, it was almost like I was going, no, 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 not cancer. And dang it, I knew it. Yeah. Because way back in July of 2021, not to be too descriptive here, but I was going to the bathroom and blood came out. Yeah, yeah. The whole toilet was filled with blood. And on, and, and if I can interrupt you, that yes. is a, uh, for any of the, the educational uh, information out there, one of the first things that people say, if you see signs of blood in your stool, immediately go talk to your doc, because it could be an indication of exactly what you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. I was in, I was actually on my in-laws 50th anniversary, um, went in the bathroom and the whole toilet was filled with blood. Yeah. And I went, oh my goodness. And we came off of the trip. I've been trying to get a colonoscopy for months because of COVID. I couldn't get in. Uh, uh, COVID, uh, everybody was booked. Everybody was shut down. And and finally, I got an appointment in September. And the mass had grown to four inches. Wow. And I had known back when in July, I knew something was wrong. And I never wanted to utter the word cancer. Sure. I didn't even want to say it. Yeah. I didn't even say it to my wife. I didn't even say it to myself because my dad died of bone cancer. Okay. So he had a prostate cancer, went to bone, and I went. And right when I heard, I, I remember I was coming out of the anesthesia and from the colonoscopy, mm -hmm. and I heard mass. And then when it was, uh, the doctor said, it's big and it's going to be a marathon. Okay. This is not going to be a sprint. It's going to be a marathon. That's when I went, oh, my goodness. And he was honest with me, and I need to point this out, Percy. Um, he said to me, you know what? It's boarding on stage four. Got it. Yeah, because it was so big. It's local, but it was not in one or two lymph nodes. It was in a slew of them on the left-hand side. And he said, we're going to try and contain all this, but if any of this gets out, you're terminal. Got it. Okay. So I started dealing with death and all those other stuff. Okay. So so then all of those uh, things, this obviously flooded your consciousness and your being. Yes. 
Having said that, once you process through that, obviously, uh, you, you've got to communicate that to, you know, family, friends, loved ones, your wife, whomever. Um, how did you engage? Um, who was the first person that you engaged with that conversation outside of yourself as a caretaker? Was it your your wife or, or who did you talk to after that? And how did you introduce that conversation to them? Um, the first person, honestly, was my wife. My wife and I sat down after we got the diagnosis and really processed through what does this look like? Yeah. And, um, and, and in my stage too, we have, a, we have, at that point, we had a, um, six and eight year old. So we had to process through, what does this look like? Family? What does this look like yeah. for chemo yeah. school? I mean, the whole nine yards. Right. Right. And then, and then the second person I, I talked with was my best friend, um, that I've known since college years Okay, um, okay. and pr- processed that with him. But it was really my wife and I looking at, you know, this could be terminal. Yeah. And yeah. what does this road look like? Yeah, what's the future here? A lot of fear, a lot of doubt, a lot of, oh, my goodness, Oops. I'm in for a haul. Yeah. So once you get through um, those conversations, and I've been down that road so I can relate, and, and certainly so many that are listening to the show here, about 300,000 people listen to us on a weekly basis. Um Let's shift gears. You, you got to make some decisions about medical treatment. You've got to you got to do something. How did you process and make your decision to begin your medical treatment? Did you get a second opinion? Uh, what did you do? How did you kind of process that so that you could kind of get started? Because obviously, one of the things that a lot of cancer patients or some cancer patients may get hung up on is trying to process through hearing that, communicating that, letting that wash over their consciousness. Then you got to shift into well, I've got to get active and do something now. I've got to, I got, I've got to address this one way or the other. Let's talk about how you you made the decision to kind of engage your medical process of care. Um, honestly, once we found out and I did the MRIs, um, I was with my doctor and he laid out a great plan and we just said let's do it. Okay. We just said, look, having a six and eight year old at age fifty. There was no choice. It was, I need to do this or I potentially die. Okay. And so my wife and I said, whatever this is, God is good. God is sovereign. Uh, I know he loves me. I know I'm his beloved. Yeah. So I'm just going to do whatever the doctors tell me to do. I'm going for it. And within about three weeks, because they had to get me set up, um, with get me in a space, I started a radiation and then I started the chemotherapy pills. So it was in, it was fast. Um, so so it was like boom, boom, boom. And I'll ask this, and, and I want this to be a quick question because I, I really want to get into a couple of the meteor things with the time that we have. Uh, and, and I didn't say on the onset, and we'll get into this because we're going to do uh, two segments here because we have a lot to discuss and unpack with you, is that you're also a person of faith, strong faith, as a matter of fact, from a a educational uh, theological trained perspective, you, you know, you have some theological training. So, so obviously there is an abiding intrinsic faith that you have in God. And the question that I want to ask and transition out of is um, you said that you, you were able to quickly make, you know, decisions about medical care. Did you ever feel conflicted? And I ask this question all the time mm-hmm. in any way in doing medical treatment and care with regard to your, uh, your belief system, because there are still some in the faith community that 
for various reasons, struggle with the idea that if I'm talking to a medical doctor, if I'm receiving clinical care, and I'm a person of faith, somehow I'm abandoning my faith because I'm not trusting in God because I'm talking to a doctor. Did you ever feel conflicted with that at all? Uh, you know, in, in, the, in the theology I come from and where the perspective I come from is that God is sovereign mm-hmm. over all things, and God uses medical professionals. Okay, good. And, and I'm part of the medical professional <laughs> as a therapeutic counselor, and I often talk to my clients that pain moves you to maturity. And so now I'm having to have pain that's going to move me to maturity. So I'm in the medical profession to a certain degree. Yeah. And so there was never a conflict because my faith points me that God is over all things, including professionals, including medical people, including medical services, like chemotherapy, like radiation. I'm going to trust people in their knowledge, just like my clients trust me in my knowledge. Yeah. So now I'm the, I'm the, I'm the client. Yeah. And not the and not the clinician. Yeah, yeah. So my yeah. roles are reversed. Yeah, you're on the other side of the table now. Absolutely. I'm on the other, and so I'm asking. So for me, I ask my clients to trust me. Well, now God is saying, now I want you to trust those professionals as your clients trust you. Okay. So there's never a conflict. Good. Framework. Well, and that, that, that's an important distinction. I'm glad that you you said that because again, we always like to set the record straight, at least from the perspective of this platform. That again, all every good and perfect gift comes from above. Absolutely. God is the Father of of all good things, and and medicine, science, uh, clinicians, doctors. God works with doctors. God works through doctors, and so amen. <laughs> so that's. So you you so you start down this this medical pathway again. You received radiation, chemotherapy, and surgery. And one of the things that you uh, did mention to me is the fact that you 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 also experienced what many cancer patients uh, may have termed as chemo brain. Let's talk about what 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 is chemo brain. You experienced it. What did that mean? And and what was the dynamics of that for you? Oh. Goodness, a great question. Uh, chemo brain, there's two sets of chemo brains. Uh, usually when people say chemo brain, it's you can't remember facts, names, you have a word in your head, mm. but you can't get it out. Okay. So it's running around your head. Um, the other thing about chemo brain is it's cognitive to where, like, for instance, my wife would say a, a sentence like, I'm going to Walmart to pick up the groceries. Okay. And then... Uh, about two hours later, she goes to Walmart, pick up the groceries and she comes back and I go, where'd you go? And she goes, I told you I went to Walmart to pick up the groceries. <laughs> okay. and I went, I, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. I didn't hear, and you're like, yes. And, and your brain goes like, what did they say? How did they say it? Okay. That's the first part of chemo brain. The second part of chemo brain, which they were researching now is the emotional part uh. is that, the, that your emotions are all over the place. You're, you you tend to be sad, you tend to be hurting and depressed okay. or angry, but you don't know why. There's no trigger. Okay. So I would be sitting in my office with no clients crying. Wow. And I would have no reason to cry, but I'm just in tears. And it's almost like depression, but there you can't get a hold of your emotions. So you just actually say words and say things. You go, where did that come from? Yeah. It's like you're another you. It's like you are running ahead of you looking at you going, who's that man running in front of me? And you're like, who am I? Yeah. And, and thankfully, I'm a year out of chemotherapy. I, I was a year out last week. Um, Amen. Praise God. It's clearing up. 
uh, they call it chemo fog yep. because you really are in the fog for a good year. Okay. And you and you look and you feel like you're going crazy. I, I, it's the first time where I went. I'm I, my brain isn't functioning right. Um, so it's really scary. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the most scariest thing I've had in my brain. And I know that you shared with me. Uh, we talked a little bit before, and this will help us to transition. Uh, with the few minutes that we have left and we're going to close here in just a second with regard to, you know, you had gotten to a point that you wanted to discontinue doing chemotherapy. And again, I would imagine because of that and several other things. And one of the things that uh, you shared with me, and we're going to get into that in a very separate conversation is the dynamic of suffering. There was an element and an aspect of suffering in your journey and in your process uh, that you have a lot to talk about, Doc, and that you have some you have some practical elements and you have some theological, philosophical schools of thought around, you know, some of the suffering that you experience. What just very quickly uh, with the few minutes that we have left uh, with is chemo brain one of the elements that you put into the category of suffering that you experience with your your cancer experience? Absolutely. Okay. Chemo brain, uh, the fatigue. Okay. The IV, um, you know, the, the whole trifecta is is suffering. And so you're really struggling with all the different elements. But on a, on a theological level, you're actually wrestling with, with God and what is God doing in the midst of your suffering. And that's what we're going to talk about when we have our next conversation with you. Uh, in closing for this segment, Doc, and I appreciate you being so candid and so vulnerable and so open. But, of course, that's what you do for a living, right? That's your job yeah. is um, at this stage of the game, you're no longer actively treating. To your point, you said, you know, your your kind of your chemo brain is starting to clear up, et cetera, et cetera. You're kind of on the other side of your cancer experience, if you will, from where you began. Yeah. What continues to make or keep you hopeful right now? Somebody's listening may need to hear that. Uh, my favorite phrase, uh, that I am God's beloved and he won't let me go. Mm. God is sovereign and God. I mean, to put it this way, the gospel narrative that Jesus came to suffer on my behalf and introduce suffering. And part of this, the journey of a Christian faith is to learn how to handle suffering well and that God uses all things, suffering, discomfort, pain, for our good, for his glory. And and, and that's what we're going to get into yep. next week. But yep, yep. the gospel narrative that, that I'm his beloved child and he won't let me go. Today, you've heard from Dr. Steve Benson, stage three colorectal cancer diagnosed in September 2021, no longer actively in treatment and we thank god for that he is uh, recovering uh, and recuperating from all aspects of chemotherapy radiation and surgery he's a licensed clinical mental health counselor we're going to talk a little bit about that when we come back with our next conversation and uh, today he is doing well and he is uh, he feels blessed and he feels fortunate and he wants to continue uh, to help others who may be walking through this process. Uh, don't miss our next conversation. You're going to want to hear this as we talk about suffering and what does it mean? Uh, how does God play a role in that? And ultimately, how can we process that today? You have been with Pastor P on health, hope and inspiration. And we'll talk with Percy about what we've just learned in a moment here on the program. 
According to the National Cancer Institute, approximately 39% of men and women will be diagnosed with cancer at some point during their lifetime. Caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today. So to address this issue, we've developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need. If you are a pastor, a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining the network is absolutely free. When you sign up, you receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources, information about ministry training opportunities, and our informative monthly email newsletter. So visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and join this Ministry Leaders Network today. Well, Percy, what a unique conversation with the doctor here just a moment ago, because the tables were turned on him, weren't they? They were, and we talked about that. And, you know, um, and there's an old movie, and the the title of the movie escapes me, but it was about a physician who uh, was an oncologist, and then he himself contracted cancer. Hmm. And um, the movie was about how he didn't treat people uh, as humanely as he could. And then when he became the patient, Uh he realized how important that was and how he needed to be better as a physician. That wasn't the storyline here, but but the point that I'm simply making is that it's interesting and it can be different that when you're sitting on the other side of the table and you're providing care and support and clinical support, but then you then have to receive that and you become the benefactor of that, that it does put a very different spin on the experience of of being the patient versus being the clinician. Yeah, suddenly there's a, a new sense of empathy, I would imagine, right? That is correct. And so one of the things that certainly Dr. Benson uh, did not have any shortage of as, at all was the fact that, uh, you know, he had experienced complications and difficulties, as uh, some cancer patients will o- on a journey that, you know, he had to dig deep into his theological bag, if you will. And one of the things that he was able to pull out of that was to be reminded of the fact that he was God's beloved. Mm. And that allowed him to kind of continue to work through uh, some of the challenges that he had. And one of the challenges that he talked about very candidly was chemo brain. Yeah. And we haven't had a lot of conversation about no, that. No, I've on never the heard the term before. Yeah. And I think that we need to probably do a show about chemo brain. But basically, as he described it, was, you know, at times your cognition gets a little fuzzy and foggy. Uh, you know, you may forget things or you may be trying to remember things. Uh, and, and in the show itself, uh, he had a moment where he actually lost his thought oh. that he had to kind of stop and regroup. And and we, you know, we recalibrated uh, the show in that regard. But it was one of the things that he said that that was a challenge for him and that it, there would be times that he would sit uh, in his office uh with no clients and that he would just start crying, you know, and he said he didn't know why, why there was no reason for him to cry and that it was almost like depression. So, uh, you know, he said he had to get a hold of his emotions from time to time, but he really talked candidly about some of the, the challenges of walking a cancer path and how, again, from a clinical care professional perspective, he's now on the other side of the table, you know, needing to be supported in that regard. Yeah. And I'm sure in your many years of being a hospital chaplain and in the role that you're in now that you've seen other medical professionals, professionals who are dealing with the same issue. They've, they have uh, found themselves in the very situation that they're often treating. I've had an opportunity or two to basically support uh, those who I had worked alongside with as a colleague 
who then became patients. I'm thinking of one particular doctor who I knew very, very well, had a great working relationship with them. And, uh, you know, then they were treated for for cancer. And it was it was very difficult for them. I remember them saying uh, they that that they did not really realize just how complicated mentally and emotionally, not to mention physically, uh, of what cancer patients were going through and uh, confided in me and shared some very deep things that at the end of the day, again, going back to the point of the show, Mm -hmm. uh, that they now needed to be supported through. But all of the years that they were providing that care and that, you know, that counsel, and then here they are needing to receive that from someone else. And it was really complicated and hard for them. It really was. Well, such a valuable perspective today from Dr. Benson to share what he did openly with us in his, his own struggles as well. He did. And, and he, he introduced some other schools of thought that, that we'll pick up on. Uh, but I was just uh, and he was very, very uh, engaged around. I want people to know what I went through and I want to be honest and I want to be open and I want to be vulnerable. And I appreciated that. So he was very insistent uh, in terms of wanting to unpack that and share his struggles, uh, but also help people to understand that, again, as being God's beloved, that how that helped to buoy him and help him work through the challenges of his journey. And, you know, he had two small kids, he has a wife and he said that, you know, it was, it was very hard and it was very difficult. He's on the other side of that now, uh, as we understand, and he's doing well, uh, but he is sharing. As a matter of fact, he's out kind of preaching uh, when he gets opportunity because he has a theological background as well. Uh, where he is kind of sermonizing around his experience theologically as well as clinically. And and, and what a great combination that is. I would love to hear mm-hmm. one of those sessions for sure. Yeah. Well, again, I'd like to point out that here's here's a story that came to us through a listener contacting us. So that's how that's how we want to see it work here. We love to uh, harvest the stories that you have and learn from each other. So if you go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Connect, you can share your story with us. And uh, p- perhaps you're not suggesting that you know that you would be with us on the program like Dr. Benson was, but we just like to learn from your story and from your experience. So g- give us a give us a holler on the internet, so to speak, at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And while you're at that website. There's a resource that we're featuring this week called How to Face Cancer with Boldness. We had a good example of a man doing that today, Dr. Benson. So <laughs> yeah. How to Face Cancer with Boldness is the featured resource. Percy, what can we expect when we download this? Yeah, this is a great, great document. And again, it's designed to deal with the practical dynamics of just as was discussed with this conversation, when one is challenged mentally, emotionally, and physically, and that was the case for Dr. Benson across the board, that, you know, he had to dig deep into uh, his faith, uh, obviously his support system, where then he was able to confront uh, the dynamics and the challenges. One of the other things that that we're going to talk about in another conversation, because we're going to have a second conversation with Dr. Benson, is around uh, dealing with theologically the dynamic of suffering. Hmm. You know, what is the purpose of suffering? Why why are God why does God allow us to suffer? Well, again, this document is designed to help people to to face cancer boldly as they're working through 
the mental, emotional, or physical challenges of suffering, discomfort, et cetera, so that at the end of the day, uh, one is not cowarding to uh, the challenges of cancer, but they are standing up boldly declaring that I am the beloved of God. I have a right to be here. I have a right to fight back no matter what my challenges are. And it will empower and embolden individuals to stand up and fight the good fight of faith for sure. Well, if that sounds like it would be valuable for you to have, you can have it right now by going to the website, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Com. Download this featured resource, How to Face Cancer with Boldness. Again, the website is four words, health, hope, and inspiration.com. And we'd be more than happy for you to download that, print it out, use it, share it with others, whatever you'd like to do with it. And by the way, speaking of sharing, have you shared this podcast with others? Mm. We have so many people now who have subscribed to this podcast, and we're so grateful for each and every one of you. But we know there are other people out there, Percy, who could benefit from these conversations. Absolutely. And so we want to encourage everyone, stand on top of your rooftop and shout it out and let people know about health, hope, and inspiration. If this show has been uh, beneficial to you, if it has helped you, if it has encouraged you, please tell others about what what is being done here so that we can reach more people. We're we're well over 300,000, close to 400,000 subscribers, and we want to continue to grow that base as we continue to reach out with the message of health, of hope, and inspiration. That's an incredible number of people listening. You're making me nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me and you talking just, at the just end the of the two day, of us. Buddy. Just a couple just of friends. Yeah, just, just the two of us. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hey, as an exclamation point to our whole conversation today, take us back to John 16. Well, with that verse 33, and it reads as follows, and listen to it again for the first time. Now, after having heard Dr. Benson on this particular show, it says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me, talking about God, talking about Christ, in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. In other uh, translations, uh, the word trouble or difficulty, Mm -hmm. and we heard that from Dr. Benson. In this world you shall have troubles or tribulations or trials, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And if we are in God and in Christ, then we also get to experience that victory of he who has overcome the world, which gives us the ability to say that I can do all things through him that strengthens me despite my circumstances today. Amen to that. Thank you for sharing those verses. And thank you for bringing uh, Dr. Benson, opening the door for us to hear from him here today. As you said, on a future program, we'll hear from him again. So we look forward to that. Thank you, Percy. Last word? Absolutely. Well, as we continue to work through the challenges and tribulations of our day, remember, uh, it requires work. So we've got to go out and keep chopping the wood. But remember that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Be encouraged. I'll talk to you again real soon. And thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Our hospitals in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of cancer patients. Our team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, and volunteers and support staff 
all united by our desire to find cures and save lives. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient. From advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies like spiritual support that target cancer-related side effects, comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Our national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.